Welcome to The Time Is Now. I am your host, Michael Stafford. It is Tuesday, April the 19th. All right, let's get to it. The Joker ain't wild against them three kings of the Bay. Brunson and Dallas played that sweet jazz down in Big D, but first, Kyrie was killing in Beantown, but it wasn't enough. We got a lot to get into this week, so sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. NBA playoffs are here. The NBA playoffs are here. Man, oh man, it was such a great weekend of sports. Everybody knows I'm a Laker fan. And my and I keep seeing tweets from Laker Twitter saying, oh, without the M, without the Lakers in it, the NBA playoffs are just not so excited. No, man, y'all casuals. I'm sorry. I'm a fan of the game. I remember when the Lakers sucked after Magic Johnson had a situation. And I started looking at Shaq. This is 92 looking at Shaq and Penny. I'm looking at Barkley and them boys at the Suns. I'm looking at all these other players. Ball, I'm looking at Sean Kemp. I started appreciating the game. It's, there's, there's basketball outside of LA people. I know we won 17. I know Boston won 17. That's 34 to 75 years. So that's half of the time. So there's been other good basketball. So my point is, some great basketball out there, and I hope y'all got a chance to enjoy it, especially you you Laker fans who don't understand anything outside of Lakerville. Man, it was good. And we could start so many places. We know the NBA playoffs started Saturday, right? And it started with, I believe it started with um, Jazz and Mavericks. And a lot of people thought that's going to be a dud of a series, especially after Luka. We could start there. We could start with, man, the great matchup that we that we did not think was going to happen between the Timberwolves and Grizzlies. And we can even start with the, the Raptors. We're not going to start Saturday. We're going to go all the way to Sunday against the matchup that we all knew. Because we know this is not a true two versus seven matchup. We all know before KD went down, before the Nets went on that 11-game losing streak, when you had Kyrie for half the time, we all knew. At the time, the Nets were the number one seed in the East, and I think the Celtics were like the fourth or fifth who were coming up. They were on the incline as the Nets were on the decline. So we know this wasn't a true two versus seven matchup, so we couldn't wait to see this, right? And actually, I really wish it was the Philadelphia 76ers versus the Nets, but that's neither here nor there. We got what we got, and we got a great matchup. So we're going to start right there, right? Let's 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 get the build up as the Nets were beating the Cavs out of the play-in to get to earn that seven seed. What was said by, I would say they're number three right now because there's no Ben Simmons. What was said of, uh, in the press conference? Always technical difficulties when I want to get something started up in here. What do you, th- you guys obviously faced them a few weeks ago. What do you think the biggest key is to slowing the Celtics down? Um, I mean, I mean, we can't let Tatum get 50. Uh, we got to be physical with them. Now they don't have Robert Williams, so um, they have less of a presence in the paint. Uh, 
and we, we could attack Al Horford and Tice. Uh, so them not having Robert, Robert Williams is huge. Now, what you listened to was Bruce Brown, who was the forward or guard, whatever, doesn't really matter, for the Nets, right? So I'm pretty much telling the game plan. This is the things that we kind of can observe for ourselves, but pretty much giving them bulletin board material. A lot of people don't believe in this. I'm telling you, it's a real thing. I played sports. It's a real thing. You're going to give people motivation to go up against you, and that's what happens. And no other person to bring this to light than Kevin Durant. Right after that happened, listen to what KD said. Yo, what did Bruce Brown say when he got up here? Nah, what? He said something I ain't like. Somebody just told me. Oh, I, I love you. Love you too, champ. Yeah, like, what did he say? All right, man. That's caffeine, probably talking. <laughs> Take some before the game. They got them two dudes. You can do the same stuff. It ain't gonna be that easy. I tell you that. Yeah, the way they were defending you and Kai. Uh, right. So, so that was that. So because KD knows that you can't say anything that's going to give them any motivation. All you want to do is praise the team or just talk little basic stuff. You don't want to go into too much detail. First of all, I'll tell you your game plan. Also, too, pretty much saying these other two guys can't do nothing without the Time Lord, without Robert Williams III. We, we got this. We know what to do to beat them, right? And you don't want to disrespect another team when they're on the come up. So it all came to fruition. The game was going well. I mean, the thing that about it that I noticed is that um, the Celtics had a great game plan early. I mean, to, in, in, in the first half, or was it the first quarter? I think it was the first quarter. Anyways, um, I think it was the first quarter. In the first quarter, Kevin Durant had more turnovers than field goals made. It could have been the first half, but I want to say it's the first quarter because I, I can't believe he, that would have happened. He only scored two field goals in the first half, but it's possible. But um, I actually, no, I think it was the first half. And, he, and I, he got three turnovers like in the first three or four possessions. And I was like, damn. But with all that, the Celtics couldn't convert. They shot a very low percentage for the game. That if you, I'm going to get to that in a minute, how the Nets shot a much higher field goal percentage, shot a much higher three-point percentage, less free throws. They had the same amount of steals, right? The difference of the game were putbacks, offensive rebounds. You talk about no Robert Williams, yada, 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 but that wasn't really the case. You got Drummond, and you're not really utilizing him. You got to let Drummond go ham on these guys. That's the only, I think, I shouldn't say that's the only way. Obviously, if KD plays a better game and Kyrie plays, well, Kyrie played like Kyrie. Kyrie, what'd he do? He had 39 points, six assists, and five rebounds. But the thing is, he had to play 42 minutes to do that during Ramadan. <laughs> You got Kevin Durant playing 41 minutes, only giving you 23 points, shooting a low percentage from the field. My thing is this. If you're going to shoot 20, if you're going to get 23 points, then you need to have more rebounds, my boy. You're a forward. Why you only got four rebounds? Why you only got three assists? You need to create. They were getting, they were stripping you left and right. Andre Drummond should not be playing only 17 minutes. He shouldn't. Just flat out. I mean, I know you got Nick Claxton out there playing 31 minutes, but he only gave you 13 points and eight boards. That sounds decent. But we all know Andre Drummond's going to give you more than four rebounds. Andre Drummond played less than half of the minutes and got half of the rebounds in the limited time he played. If anything, start clocks and have Drummond come off the bench. He just beast on these dudes. Like, if Drummond could come in and give you 10 and 15, 
he's done his job because that's where you guys are getting killed is on the boards it was on the boards that's how y'all got killed right then and there. let's go to Celtics Celtics Al Horford 15 rebounds case closed case closed 20 and 15 from Al Horford right there right staring you right in the face when Al Horford's in the game you gotta play drumming I know Al Horford stretches the floor but I like having Claxton around the basket but that's the difference of the game right there Al Horford played 41 minutes with 15 boards done 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 that's what happened and they just narrowly edged out the victory if they could just shore up their shooting percentage because they were squandering it away the, the game was close virtually the whole game and then the Nets pushed away a little bit in the third quarter and in the fourth quarter and then the, the Boston Celtics came back it was an epic game so I believe in the fourth quarter what was it in the fourth quarter the Brooklyn Nets outscored them 29 and 19 it was close the whole way through, man. The game was close. I think it was a one-point game at halftime. And the Celtics pushed in the third, and the Nets pushed back in the fourth. But then it finished like this, people. Had to step over his teammate to do it. Under a minute remaining. Irving looking. Seven to shoot. Irving, step back three, puts it in, Kyrie Irving with the long three-pointer, and the Celtics call timeout, Brooklyn back up by three, want to get a two-for-one here, Jalen Brown drives on, and lays it up and in, Brown with a beautiful aggressive move, still 38.9 remaining, one-point lead for Brooklyn, and that's a poor possession defensively, they all spread out and allowed Brown, just to get right to the rim. Well, the Celtics, the best defensive team in the NBA this year, need a stop here. Irving gets away from the double team, continues into the paint, scrambling, double teamed again, back out to Durant, shot clock at two. Durant's got to put it up, gets it off the time. Off the mark, no good, point for the rebound. Celtics have a timeout, decide not to use it here. Brown the drive. Jalen Brown kicks it out, smart fakes. Inside, Tatum spins, and he puts it in. Mm, mm, mm. They wave it off. Wow. They're waving off whether or not to check to see if the game ended. The basket counts. As Tatum puts it in, the officials go to the scoreboard. So what a play by Marcus Smart. Turns down the shot, gets into the paint, realizes he has enough time to get the ball into the hands of Tatum. And Tatum with the spin, the patience, and the basket. That's how they count it. They count it. It's over. Let's look at the possession. Gets, he can very well elevate here. Realizes he has okay. the time. Is patient. Gets into the seams. Whoa. Delivers the on-point pass mm. to Tatum, and he gets it off in the nick of time. Mm. Talking about man, listen. I'm a Laker fan, and I can appreciate good basketball, man. Even the Boston Celtics winning. At the end of the day, I remember I wanted Marcus Smart. I think we ended up drafting Julius Randle or something. They, they the Celtics pick him right ahead of us, something like that. Similar thing with Jason Tatum. And, you know, I used to, I was one of the ones saying, well, we got a poor man, Jason Tatum and Kyle Kuzma. The Lakers drafted very well, which they still drafted well because they was able to fill two positions instead of one. If we got Tatum, then who would they have gotten later with the Kuzma pick? So um, I don't think having Kuzma and Tatum would have been good. But looking back on it, 
it'd been great to have uh, Jason Tatum here instead of Lonzo Ball. He's he's cool, but he's always hurt. Obviously, Tatum's better. We could have got Tatum. We didn't. Uh, we drafted Ball, then they got Tatum. It's just a very interesting way how that happened. I still can't believe that the uh, 76ers got Duke and again, Marco Fultz, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, they had the six, I believe the Celtics had the number one pick and still were able to get Tatum, who ended up being the best pick of that draft. Come on, somebody. Oh, my goodness. We could have had him. But this is the thing. Would he still be a Laker if we were trying to get AD? There's no way they would have traded. We would have traded. Uh, they would have accepted a trade for AD and we still keep Tatum. So, either way, worked out for the best. Tatum had a great game of 31, 8, and 4. Al Horford, 22, and 15. And they had Jalen Brown, 23, 3, and 5, who started the game very rusty. Marcus Smart, the defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart, 26, and 7. 26 and 7. People want to say, oh, he ain't the defensive year. Uh, uh, Kyrie put up 39 on him. No, Kyrie put up five points on him. Made one three pointer and two free throws. <laughs> My man shot 33% from the field when Marcus Smart was the primary defender. Stop it, people. Go ahead and watch the game if you don't believe me. And I still go ahead and still say that the Celtics, that, that was a win. That was a good game. I feel like the best chance for Brooklyn was that game. That's the, that's the game you, you, you catch them off guard. KD may come back strong. That's fine and good. But as it, right, as it sits right now, but the odds are saying they say a probability of winning this series is Celtics at 81% to win. And they play again on Wednesday evening. I don't know what channel just yet. But they say 81% of chance of winning and 69% of chance of winning on Wednesday. Let that sizzle in your spirit. Let that sizzle in your spirit, people. So um, the Celtics take a one-game lead over the Nets. That was Sunday. Let's go all the way back to this weekend. The Jazz end up beating the Mavericks in Dallas because they had no Luka Doncic, but the game ended up being a lot closer than it should have been, and I found that interesting. Um, let's dig into the Timberwolves versus Grizzlies. This is the biggest upset of the weekend. This is the thing. I said having D'Lo, having uh, Anthony Ant- Ant-Man, who don't know different. He don't know what he don't know, man. And he out here just beasting on people. Ja, he throwing Ja to the ground. Ja getting, that's the thing. Back in the days, when you are a miniature guard, if you're a small guard and you're going through the lane, this dude, I think he led all guards, if not all players, in paint production this season. That's ridiculous. I got Somebody check me on that. Somebody fact check me that John Morant led all interior scoring in the league over all the lob threats, over all the big men. You tell me this is possible? That's the new NBA we in. Because you ain't got no more Shaquille O'Neal. You ain't got no more big men dominating the paint. Ain't no more Akeem Olajuwon. No more David Robinson. No more Patrick Ewins. These guys over here shooting three-pointers. All the Vucevic's of the world. My goodness. God digital. All the Brooke Lopez's of the world. They just shooting threes. So now you got John Morant killing the lane. You can't touch him. They touched him up. Playoff basketball is different. And I think the Memphis Grizzlies just figured that out. Ain't no more doing the gritty right now, ain't it? Minnesota came out hard in the first quarter. 41 points. What? In your eye. Memphis made a little comeback. But hey, Minnesota finished strong. They, they won every quarter except for the second quarter dominated them from start to finish. Anthony Edwards in his first playoff game, 36-6-2. Come on, somebody. Carl Anthony Towns beats him with 13 boards and 29 points, double-double in your eye. How many guys they have a double figures? One, two, three, four, five, six. Six players a double figure. Malik Bisley and Jaden McDaniels off the bench with 23 and 15. Come on, somebody. And then the starting guards. they both point guards and Patrick Beverly and, and D'Angelo Russell. But together gave up, gave gave 20 points and 15 assists. That's all I need to know. Everybody give, even Anthony Edwards got six assists. Come on, man. They were moving that ball around. That tough defense from Memphis couldn't keep up with that ball movement. Could not keep up with that ball movement. That's what happened. That's what went down there. 
So you go into that series, even with all that being said, with all that happened in that series, Memphis versus Minnesota. Let's see here. After Memphis versus Minnesota, that one game, they still got the Grizzlies favored to win the series, but now it's only 54%. It's half and half. They play again tonight. We'll see what happens. And we're going to talk about that a little bit about the scheduling. But they play again tonight. Let's see what happens um, as Minnesota took the lead over the Memphis Grizzlies, 130 to 117. And that was on Saturday. All right, moving right along on Saturday. On Saturday, we actually had the Raptors versus the 76ers. Now, I was one of the people who said the 76ers need to be cautious. You know, they put themselves in that position. They want to go against the Raptors. And I said, it should be cautious. The thing is, they only been in they only been in Philadelphia. Once they go to Toronto, let's see how it changes because they're on Matisse Thibault. But the difference is now you got injuries to some of their key players, including their potential rookie of the year candidate, Scotty Barnes. That might change everything. With with the injuries, Matisse Thibault may not even be an issue because these guys beat the brakes off of these brothers. 131 to 111 on Saturday. Right, and I think the final game on Saturday was the Nuggets versus the Warriors. This is the other upset when I, that I I tried to call. I didn't call Timberwolves Grizzlies. I said, man, that's going to end in five. Even though they had those great players, the way they were celebrating after that playing game, I said they might have busted their load on that one. But hey, they proven me wrong. And also, the 76 was like they showed up to play because they kicking the Raptors in the teeth <laughs> and those Raptor claws. They kicking them in the Nuggets versus Warriors. I felt like if the Joker could play to his strengths and play down low that there was nothing they could do with him. Right now, he's just getting putbacks. That's all he's doing, he's getting putbacks. He's getting putbacks, man. He he keep trying to shoot threes. He did it again last night. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But he's doing putbacks. He's not playing to their strengths, and they're getting killed. They're getting outran. Jordan Poole out here killing them. Jordan Poole, that's the thing about these Warriors. With Jordan Poole, let's talk about Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole in game one put up 30 points, started the game. Steph came off the bench, 22 minutes, gave you 16 points. Steph is now reverted to the six minutes because he's coming back from an injury. And he allowed it. If that was Westbrook, would he even allow it? Would, if you mention bench, he goes crazy. Sound like Melo. You got two guys in your team with that same kind of mentality who just don't realize when their time is up. But that's not what the situation here with Steph. I'm just make, giving you an example. Steph has always been a leader who is not afraid to share the load, to share the responsibility. He puts the team first. He's a player with zero ego. He went ahead and accepted a player that he knew was probably considered better than him and Kevin Durant and said, come on to the team because he's, he's like, I'm about to win these rings. Steph's not leaving the team to go start a super team. He's like, I'm already here. I already won one. You want to come over here and win some with me? But you see that dude over there who just beat us last year and, and LeBron James, that dude ain't going nowhere. He still got Kyrie, still got K-Love. We're going to need some help. We just beat y'all. We was up three. You was up three one. We came back and beat y'all. You ain't going to beat us. So come on over here. They convinced KD to come over here. Steph took a back seat and let KD be KD. KD bought into that, to that role. KD bought into playing better defense, right? So KD bought into all that. Came over. Won two championships. Could have won a third if they didn't get hurt. And so then pretty much gifting. Kyrie a championship with the Raptors, but I, and everything happens for a reason. Blew that team up. He left that organization. Unselfish basketball. He even said when he left OKC, I want to go play basketball the right way. You left that situation for ego and pride and whatever other reason to join your flat earth brother. 
Kyrie balling. I give you that. But how often he's been on the court, which is why y'all ain't done nothing since you've been there. You've been there for the last, and, and not that's not to say Golden State hasn't done anything either. However, they've been dealing with injuries. Steph being injured, Wiseman injured, Clay been injured for two years. Draymond injured. Now they're all healthy. This is why I wrote them off because everyone's coming from injury. So I said, ah, this may be next year. Wiseman ain't coming back. Iguodala hurt. Steph coming from injury. Clay, I don't know. We got playoff basketball's different. Guess what? They showing me wrong. And Jordan Poole, like all the Dubs fans were telling me, he being that dude. He is being that dude. And he showed up and showed out. They're playing great basketball. You know, they're not even using Kaminga and Damian Lee. These dudes not even getting in the game. The dudes they added, they were, man, these guys looking scary. Otto Porter looking better in the playoffs. He didn't even put up four points in that game. We're going to talk about the game he did later. These guys are probably going to sweep Denver. I know Jokic don't have help, but he's not playing to his strengths. And now they're having turmoil on the bench. We ain't, you know, I'm going to keep jumping ahead of myself because we're still talking about Saturday. But, man, the Warriors look like the old Warriors. Everybody needs to be afraid, and they're only going to get better as the time goes on. As everyone continues to get healthy, it is looking scary down over there. All right, so I want to get into um, I want to get into a little bit of Sunday. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna take a short break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about what happened on Sunday and on Monday basketball. You've been listening to the time is now. Are you tired of spending your entire weekend at dealerships only to feel as if you got a raw deal? No! Don't you hate all the back and forth and haggling for countless hours? Imagine this. While you're at work or having dinner or just enjoying life, the people at Pure Diamond Auto are working a great deal on your behalf. With Pure Diamond Auto, they have a team of former sales and finance managers who know all the tricks of the trade. Call 562 562- PDA 7888 today for a free consultation. That's 562-732-7888. What can I say? I love PDA. All right, you know what time it is. It's my favorite part of the show. It's the happy birthday, so let's go. Suge Knight, don't drop the soul, big fella. Suge Knight turns 57 this week, and Al Pacino turns 82. OG NBA legend Spencer Hayward turns 73 this week, and comedian Ali Wong, she turns 40. Queen Elizabeth II turns 96 this week. Wow, she's old. And Shaquille O'Neal's son, Shakir O'Neal, turns 19. Tennis star Maria Sharapova turns 35 this week, and Machine Gun Kelly turns 32. NBA star Allen Houston turns 51 this week. And Jesse James turns 53. George Lopez, funny man, George Lopez turns 61 this week. And Candace Parker from the WNBA. WNBA champion Candace Parker turns 36. Shamar Moore, Shamar Moore turns 52 this week. And Teo Cruz turns 37. NBA player Danny Granger turns 39 this week. And Cisco from Flash, Carlos Valdez turns 33. Barbara Streisand turns 80 this week, and Troy Palomaru, NFL legend, turns 41. Carmen Electric turns 50 this week, and Hazel E turns 42. Gail Goodrich, NBA legend Gail Goodrich, turns 79 this week. And from Coffee and Kareem, Terrence Little Garden High turns 15. Kalani, Kalani's been in the news lately. Kalani turns 27 this week, and Nikki Cross turns 33. And from U- Ulysses Crawl from Black 
back Panther. Andy Circus turns 58 this week, and Cedric the Entertainer turns 58. NBA Hall of Famer Tim Duncan turns 46 this week, and Joey Lawrence whoa, turns 46. And um, Len Goodman, that's from Dancing with the Stars, he's turned 78 this week. And NFL linebacker Luke Kicking turns 31 from Star Trek. George Takei turns 85 this week, and Renee Zellweger turns 53. Marshawn Lynch, who's here, so I don't get fine, turns 36 this week. And from Split and Mr. Glass, James McAvoy turns 43. Sherry Shepard turns 55 this week, and Rob Riggle turns 52. Jeffrey Dean Morgan turns 56 this week, and Jack Nicholson turns 85. And Rachel Lindsay, she is the Black Bachelorette. She turns 37 this week. Gigi Hadid turns 27. And from the WWE, John Cena turns 45. We have some honorable mentions. R&B sensation Luther Vandross would have been 61 this week. Passed away 2005. Wow, that's a long time. Estelle Harris. Estelle Harris, who was um, the mother on um, Seinfeld, who just passed away a couple of weeks ago, just missed her 94th birthday. And finally, Shirley Temple. Shirley Temple passed away 2014, even have a drink named after her. She would have been 94 this week. But that's all the birthdays we have this week, guys. Now, back to our show. Welcome back. Welcome back to The Time Is Now. Just want to get into this real quick. Let's get back into it. Let's talk about Sunday's game. Sunday's games, we had the Bulls versus the Bucks, right? And I, I thought the Bucks was going to wipe the floor of them. I called them an easy sweep. But the Bulls ain't going down lightly. You know, you, you still got Caruso doing his thing. The rest of the team is there. Everybody's there except for Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball, to me, makes them a much better team. You have somebody to counteract what Drew is doing over there. He's like the Drew Holiday at his side, except he's actually a better uh, distributor of the ball. He keeps everyone in natural position. You get less iso ball. You get more ball movement. You get more fast break options with Lonzo. So um, I feel like they didn't stand a chance in the series versus uh, the Bucks. And the Bucks pretty much handled them most of the year anyway, which is why they allowed themselves to be pegged in that position for the third seed, three versus six. Now, the Bucks did beat them. In, it was a low-scoring game. And I still feel like the Bucks are going to sweep them, but it's a lot closer than I thought it would be. Um, back onto the other series where I didn't think much was going to happen. I thought maybe the Pelicans could still a game. But it looks like the Suns are going to sweep the Pelicans. They beat them 110 in the 99. And the Pelicans made it interesting in, in, in the fourth. So you never know. They might still a game in New Orleans. Maybe the first game in New Orleans. They may not get swept, but it's going to be over in at least five. Um, the, the Raptors, hold on, this, this is Sunday, right? I want to stick with some. Make sure I'll stick with Sunday. All right. So that's Sunday game. All right. All right. So that's Sunday. Those games ended. Then we went to Monday, yesterday. 76ers versus Raptors again. Game two. Maybe the Raptors, since all the injuries happened, we knew what was going to happen in that series. Now the, the, the 76ers are just pouring it on. And the 76ers are like they're going to easily sweep the Raptors. We'll see what happens when they come back to Toronto, but they still have injured players. I think this will be a wrap. I see them going up 3-0 against um, the Raptors coming up soon, coming up shortly. Um, I believe that game is, let me see here. 76ers Raptors game three is Wednesday on NBA TV. Look out for that one. All right. So um, the Mavericks and the Jazz. Now, this was surprising. Close game throughout. 
Um, once again, no Luka Doncic. Once again for game two. And um, Rudy Gobert is the story of this one because they were playing five wide and these guys kept hitting threes and they had, I think, 17 uncontested three-point shots, which is a record in the least of playoffs. And um, they had Rudy Gobert camping in the paint. Couldn't close out on those three-point shooters. And then when it came time, it was like, okay, let's utilize his size against them on the offensive end. This guy has no low post, low, low post moves after all this time. He's a one-trick pony. And if he's not down there being a... And that's another thing, too. When they attacked him, which other teams have exposed him over the years. When you attack him straight up, he can't stop you. He's only good as a help defender. So if you attack the paint and you're and you're he's not the primary defender, then he's gonna block your shot. That's pretty much it. Once you figure him out and the playoffs things change, he becomes unusable for the majority of the game. So they need to find a way to adjust to take him out the game. I don't believe that now it's one one series tie because of Jalen Brunson went off over 41 points. Your backup point guard. And a lot of Dallas Mavericks fans were telling me, hey, you and being Brunson, Brunson, hey, man, Brunson would do what you use. You got to watch Brunson. Well, damn. I didn't think Brunson had this in him as he was wearing those Kobe Gremlins. Got that mama mentality, obviously, because he went there, gave him that business. Shortest man on the court, didn't matter. Layup, in your eye, three-pointer, in your face. Made his first five three. As they, Mavericks, will go ahead and upset them, even though they're at home, but no Luka. He's the whole offense, 110 to 104, making the series interesting. Yes, people can say the Jazz did what they were supposed to do in stealing a game in Dallas. <laughs> All right. The way I'm looking at it, they might, Mavericks might win this in six, people. So uh, I may have been wrong on this series as well. Actually, no, I called the Mavericks winning it. I never did change it because that was when Luka first got hurt and I thought he was faking. So that's that. Um, when you're going to game two, uh, another game two tonight. But last night, I should say, was Golden State versus the Nuggets. That was the last game on TNT. And the Warriors just destroying the Nuggets at this point, to the point where they had internal turmoil on the bench between Boogie Cousins and, and Barton, Will Barton. And also, um, you got people hitting four-point plays, and Steph came off the bench again and killed it. You got Jokic getting kicked out the game, two different techs. Not getting no calls. I watched the game. He, didn't, he wasn't getting no calls. He wasn't getting anything. But what else can Jokic do? He put up 26 for 11. The next highest scorer on his team had 12. Will Barton and Monte Morris. Aaron Gordon, where are you? You got 25 minutes. You can give him seven points. Jeff Green, Uncle Jeff, three. Come on, brother. He had no help. Austin Rivers, come on, we ain't even going to go there. Bones hiding off the bench with 12 and 17 minutes. That's most likely garbage. These guys didn't do nothing. They, 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 he has zero help. This dude's about to put up 40 every night to give him a chance. Just to give him a chance. Jordan Poole, 29. Again. Steph, this time a 34. Going off. Four-point play. Four-point play. Damn. Clay, 21. Poole, 29. Curry, 34. Everyone's like, man, I'm just getting my triple singles, people. Six, six, and three. <laughs> I know Barkley listening to this right now, loving that line right there. But it's for real, Jordan Poole's emerging. Strength in numbers. Doing damage right now. As we go forward and look into the future, percentage of chances of teams moving on. They have the Heat, 86% chance of beating the Hawks, finishing the series off. 76 to 85%. The Bucks at 77%. Celtics at 81%. I told you that already. The Suns are at 99%. Beating <laughs> the Pelicans. The Mavericks are at 52%. Uh, the Warriors at 
Grizzlies at 54%. That's looking like it's going to be the best series. That's the way the uh, sports books have it right now. Um, I have one more stat for you guys. Let me just take a look at it real quick. Right, so that's how that lays out. Right? And, th- and that's how it goes. So tonight, the schedule as follows. We have um, the first game, Atlanta versus Miami. That's on TNT at 4.30 um, Pacific time. And then you have Minnesota versus Memphis at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. And that's on NBA TV, not the major network. That's at 5.30. Then at 7 p.m., you have New Orleans versus Phoenix on TNT, part of the doubleheader. The NBA needs to do what the NFL does. They do flex schedules. They do a flex. They they should flex that out and swap those games and make the Minnesota game at 4.30. I know they're out west or midwest, whatever like that, for the time schedule. They need to flex it. They need to flex it out. Because nobody wants to watch that. You know what? I'll take that back. People probably want to watch that Atlanta game versus Miami more than they watch the New Orleans versus Phoenix, as we just read. Phoenix has a 99% chance. No one's giving New Orleans a chance to win that game. Flex it out. Move the Phoenix game up and, and move the Memphis game down. We want to watch that game. We want to watch that game. Move, swap them. They need to do that. They need to put the Memphis game at 7 p.m. and put the Phoenix game at 5:30. They need to, they need to swap them out. We want to put them on the main, on the major broadcast on TNT. We don't want to, the Memphis and Minnesota is the biggest game to, tonight, <laughs> and it's at 5:30 on NBA TV. Everybody got NBA TV. Basic cable is TNT though. Y'all need to flex that out. Y'all definitely need to flex that out, man. Um, one thing that came back this weekend, flexing them, moving away from the NBA. We want to talk a little bit about the USFL. The USFL is back, people. They've been gone since 1986. They're around for a few years. Came out in 1982. Um, the idea was originally um, in 1965 by a businessman named David Dixon. He saw a market for professional football leagues that would play in the summertime when the National League was down during college football in the NFL regular season. So they started an American Football League, I think it's called the United States Football League, uh, back in 1983. And um, I believe they, they got Donald Trump, who's the um, owner of one of the teams as well back then. Um, they were to put the league together. I think they started like 18 teams, 18 franchises. And, um, you know, they were good for three years, but that was that. They brought the league back, I believe now with eight teams. I had the name of the teams. And right now, Fox owns the entire league. Right now, uh, it is uh, each team, each player makes $4,500 a game, which totals to be about $45,000. I believe there's 10 games. And here are the eight teams. You have the Stallions. I believe that is the, uh, the Birmingham which is one of the original teams they had back in the day. They went from 18 to uh, to 8. So you have the Birmingham Stallions, the Houston Gamblers, the New Orleans Breakers, the Tampa Bay Bandits, and that's in the North Division. In the South Division, you have the New Jersey Generals, which is interesting that they are the South Division. Actually, this must be the North Division. That was the South Division. I apologize. Now, in the North Division, you have the New Jersey Generals, the Michigan Panthers, the Philadelphia Stars, the Pittsburgh Maulers, and that is the North Division. Um, the games are interesting. It's different. They're mic'd up. In the they're mic'd up. Their pads. You can hear all the crunches and stuff like that. Different angles, different uh, perspective, different ways of playing the game. And it's good because a lot of people are going to get shine that didn't get shine before. And you never know. A, a nice quarterback could come out of here. Quarterbacks who are like third string quarterbacks in the NFL could play in this league as well and get some shine there. All right. So Fox, once again, you have one entity that owns the entire league. 
It could be very good. Um, people may watch it because gambling never stops. This will increase because of gambling and people want to gamble on things. And now you get to have NFL or football year round. When the college football is down, when the NFL is down in the spring and the summer, you will have football. So go ahead and check that out. You can probably catch most of the games on Fox Sports since Fox Sports owns it. All right. I, I wasn't going to touch on this, but I am going to touch on just just a little bit. Um, the Dodgers. Dave Roberts, our manager, made a comment. I don't have the audio because I don't think it's that important. He made a comment in the media uh, that just to, to proclaim that they were going to win the World Series this year. I guess you don't have to worry about the Astros cheating you and what have you. And um, Kershaw's coming off a major injury to his elbow, but he's confident they're going to win it all. You don't usually hear that kind of talk. I mean, they have the personnel. The situation with Bauer last year came out of left field, no pun intended. And um, that restricted them, something they could not foresee, those allegations. So um, he didn't play for the full year. And I don't think he's coming back this year. I think he's, they're done with him. I think right now they know what they have and they, he feels like they're going to win. And I think he's doing that when he's using these analytics and pulling out uh, Kershaw when he has the potential to get a perfect game. It's early in the season. It's not like it's late in the season. This is not October. This is not September. And you're pulling him when he has the opportunity to get his first perfect game. There's only been, what, 23 of them or 25, whatever, all time. And Kershaw acting like he agrees with it. But then Rodgers is like, I'm saving him. You know, he's like, I'm going to do his best for the, for the player. He only threw like 80 pitches when the pitch count was supposed to be 100. Okay, he could have got close to it. Let, let's see what happens in the eighth inning. You know, it, it only it only because in the perfect game, you don't even need to throw strikeouts after strikeout. You could you could you could have got three pop ups. He could have got to the ninth inning throwing like 90 or less pitches. He didn't even give him a chance to go for it. That's what pisses me off. This is part of the game that the layman fans, the people, the casuals, which the casuals make up a high percentage of your fan bases, at least in other fan bases. That's how it works in the NFL and the NBA. Which is why a lot of people don't watch the WNBA because they the casual NBA fans would have seen slam dunks and three-pointers. That's it. They're casual. That's what they do. That's who they are. All right? That's how that works. And I didn't like that as a casual fan who loves his Dodgers, who has a Mookie, has a Mookie jersey right now. I wear it like at least once every other week with my Dodger championship cap when he didn't get no parade. There's neither here nor there. Um, we are going to mention this because this is something that's near and dear to my heart. We're going to mention this every week until she is released. Brittany Griner from the Phoenix Mercury in the WNBA, as I just mentioned, is still in custody. 61 days now as of today. She's still in custody over there in Russia. And we all know the reasons truly why. The problem with this is not getting enough media attention. You got to search her name on the internet. No one's talking about it. You barely hear anything of it. It needs to be on every media broadcast. It don't need to be on ESPN. It don't need to be on Fox Sports. It don't need to be on whatever NBA TV. It needs to be on CNN, on Fox News every day. We need to be applying pressure. When Leandro goddamn Ball was stuck in China, for something he did in college. He is the only ball brother who's not officially in the NBA. Leangelo freaking ball was the most obnoxious father, who I love. Triple B's never lost. Donald freaking Trump 
the head of the KKK. I'm sorry, I'm just playing. Just a little, you know, just a little. I mean, just, yeah, just you go ahead and do that. But Donald Trump, our president, got involved in assisting to whatever degree of getting Leangelo Ball released and back home. And I believe that took, what, a week? Less than two for sure. She's been incarcerated for 61 days. She is an American professional athlete, future Hall of Fame player. And you don't even hear about it. This is what I'm talking I'm raising a daughter, people. So this stuff like this is near and dear to my heart. I go to WNBA games. I propose at a WNBA game, damn it. Candace Parker's rookie season against the Seattle Storm on the Megatron. Hello, I've been following the WNBA since his carnation 25 years ago, 26 years now. And this is what we're talking about? 61 days, she's still incarcerated? Y'all need to fix this. Y'all need to, NBA needs to get on top of this. They need to be talking about this. 61 days, far too long. That's over two months, people. Do the math. All right, this is a segment I like to call before we get out of here. Before we get out of here, I want to discuss Winning Time. Winning Time is a great show. It's probably one of the best shows on TV right now. If you don't have HBO, I feel sorry for you. Get one of those streaming apps or what have you, or try to tap it to someone else's HBO Max. It is great. I think we're like six episodes in, and it's phenomenal. As a Laker fan who grew up during the Showtime era, but I was not born when they formed Showtime. I was born in 81. This all happened in 79. And to hear this or to see this, and, and even though I know it's a dramatization, it's fantastic. And the thing is, I've learned you don't have to be a Laker fan to appreciate it. It's good cinema. Because it's a lot of satire, a lot of tongue-in-cheek, so it's really good and entertaining. If you like sports, basketball, even a good story, my entire family's watching it and they love it. It's not for kids. <clears throat> Let me make that extremely clear. There's at least a sex scene in almost every episode, probably except for one. And they're graphic. But that's not what makes the show great. Um, the the script is great. Um, the, uh, the, the casting was great. Except for I just saw a clip they showing uh, Dr. J. That guy looks horrible. That that that's a, that I feel bad for Dr. J. But everything else looks pretty pretty damn on good and is really really good. It's great. Uh, comes on every Sunday on HBO and HBO Max. Um, I'm going to take my daughter to see uh, Sonic 2. She saw Sonic 1. She enjoyed it. She used to play Sonic all the time. Her PS4 controller has Sonic the Hedgehog stickers all over it, so she loves some Sonic. So um, it's great to see a childhood game of mine still being carried on today and still being carried on in this fashion. So um, it's really good uh, to look out for. Oh, another thing. If you got HBO Max, the Batman is there. Um, it, it's quick. It just came out the theaters like a month ago and it's already on HBO Max. Was another reason why you guys should go ahead and get that. They are not paying me for this plug. <laughs> but, hey, it is what it is. They have a lot of great things on HBO Max. I, I, I will put them right up there with Netflix, if not surpass them, because of the great content that they have. All right, so that's all we got this week. <clears throat> when we come back next week, hope you guys listen once again. Another great show. Good times with y'all. Hope to hear from y'all next week. You've been listening to The Time Is Now. See y'all next week, people. We do not own the rights to this music. This is a public service announcement brought to you by the good people over at Dreamville Records. 
didn't even realize how long I was there for until I started to go through all my voice messages and I'm looking like damn that was way back in March but I was in there through beginning of April like what's today's date what's this <laughs> what's happening and I'm just thinking like hey I was in there for a long time I missed a lot of things and I do remember when I made that uh transition and I started to pivot a little bit um just getting my breathing regulated the thought that kept going through my mind is I just want to get back and hold my daughter I just want to get back just 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 hold her not not parent her not tell her good or bad just to hold her again and that was when the transition made that's when things turned around and it's those basic core needs or core wants it's those basic things that matter you know it's, it, that gives you life because I feel like all that I've done right in this world has been poured into her so then I think as we were having a conversation the other day um, you know as I'm trying to get myself rehabilitated and things of that nature and trying to get uh, my lungs stronger and get my legs stronger because of just being outside taking my daughter to Sky Zone and John's Incredible Pizza and just trying to get her to fun places where she can enjoy herself to get her IHOP she, listen the little things she loves IHOP pancakes people so um, just doing little things get myself out there um, you know my joints start hurting my muscles are hurting I'm like man just trying to get everything moving again I did a deal the other week uh, last week I should say and the next day, I spent half the day in bed. I'm like, damn, what's it going to take? And my family's like, you know, your nurse said you got to do more walking. I said, well, I got to do it with the family. I can't do it by myself. And my sister, um, was it my sister? It was my mom. One of them were like, I think it was my mom. I can't remember who. They're like, why? Why can't you just go? I said, I can't just get up and just start walking down the street in, in, in this neighborhood. And they're like, why? I said, look at me. I'm a six foot three, 270 pound black man. I can't just get up and start walking around these people. They're going to get nervous. I said, look at Trayvon Martin, just a young teenage male. And then my brother-in-law got involved and started talking and everybody started to understand. And, and then they were like, damn, that's so sad. This boy's walking around with Skittles and got followed and chased and killed. I'm like, the fact that I have to pause and, and, and say, you know what? We got to walk together. Maybe, maybe in the hopefully in the daytime at least that I can possibly go out there and they say, don't they know you by now? I say, yeah, maybe the people next door or over here, but not people all the way up the street. I mean, they do, they might, who knows? I don't know. They might all, because a lot of times all they see is a big old black dude. And when you see this dude just walking around with a hoodie on or just walking around, they say, oh, you got an oxygen tank, you should be fine. They say, they, 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 that don't change anything. They're going to see this big old dude walking up and down the street. And all it takes is one person to call the police and you may not make it home that day. This is the reality. These are facts. This is not something thought up or drawn up or whatever like that. And then my sister was like, well, you know, this and that. Well, you know, I, I you know, I love it. I could just go. And I said, well, you live in a gated community. One, two, I said, you're a woman. They're not, you're not a sphere. They can see your little dainty self with your little leotards and tights on and no one's going to give you a problem. I said, the unfortunate thing is I could have Asian and white men do it left and right. No one's going to have a problem with it. But when you see a big old black dude, sometimes you ain't got to be big. Like I said, Trayvon Martin, just be a black man walking around. You must be up to no good. 
Imagine this. I was going through Inglewood and I saw white dudes running up and down the street. I said, what's going on? You know, it's being gentrified. But to say, I was like, wow, what's going on? Like, wow, look at this. this they got white people just walking down the street, like running and no one bats a night. Like, I'm looking like, wow, you can do that? You can run up and down the street? If I go for a jog near any major street, the assumption will be that I may have stole something and I'm running away from the scene of a crime. This is the reality. Y'all, you think I'm making this up, man? This, these are if you click on your news, these are the things that happen. Black man gunned down, misidentification. Uh, he fit, he fit the fit the description, fit the description. At the end of the day, we all want the same things, man. We just want to take care of our family. As they say it right now, crime violence has gone up in Los Angeles. Be careful, be careful. They were actually talking about this during the Super Bowl. A lot of people are like, hey, be careful. Don't go. You may not want to go to Super Bowl this year. They they doing this. They doing that. They even talking about different gang groups uniting just to pull off robberies. They're going into the lavish areas and robbing people left and right. I saw my homegirl's car on, on the Internet. She got her back of her window bashed in. Somebody trying to steal something. She said there was nothing back there. They just saw an infinity and they bashed the back window, hoping to find something. That's what's going on right now because of the, this whole economic shift that haves and the have-nots. So now you want me to go walking around outside in the middle of the night where all these things are happening. The paranoia is going through the air, through the ether. And they're all looking for black men with hoodies. Oh, Mike, don't wear a hoodie. Okay, what, what should I wear? I could wear a sweatshirt. Let them actually see my face even better. Oh, yes, look at this. Six foot three, 270 pound black man with long locks and a beard. He's harmless. <laughs> Ask yourself this. If you saw a man that you did not recognize who fit my description, would you pause? Would you just turn the other way? Or would you start to maybe follow him, watch him, look and be cautious and call the police? Now, how many of you said that you most likely would do that? Look at your complexion. And then you two who are who are darker complexion, what's your demographic? You see how that's the majority of people. Very few of you be like, oh no, you know. Even you guys who are probably live in the hood, right? And you you live in lower than middle class. You see a six foot three, 270 pound black man that you do not recognize walking through your set with an air tank or not, wearing some Chuck Taylors, wearing some Jordans, just a dude you don't recognize. What's your thought process? He's walking through in the middle of the night. Who this? Who that? Hold up, hold up. Hey, hey, who that? They walk up to you. Hey, hey, cuz, what's that you from? You see what I'm saying? Where's a black man safe? Where can he go to find some reprieve? He can't walk down the street in the middle of the night to exercise his lungs without possibly not making it home safe. This is America. <laughs> this is the plight of a black man. Till next time. You can win. As 
That's it this week, guys. Thank you all for rocking me once again. Appreciate all my faithful listeners. Another great week. Another great show. Appreciate y'all for coming in and listening to us this week. Amen, amen. The music choice this week was Miss America by J. Cole. Such a deep meaning. Give that song tons and tons and tons of streams just to get a deeper concept of that show. Um, remember, if you like the show, of course like it. And of course, of course, share. And of course, of course, subscribe. Now it's time. For our final words, for God who said, let light shine out of the darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed to every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Yeshua so that the life of Yeshua may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Yeshua's sake so that this life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 through 12. Remember, spread love, share love, embrace love, for God is love. Until next time, peace.